Okay. Hello, listeners. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, The More You Know. It's a place where we have honest discussions and practical tips about all kinds of different things in life. And I am super excited today. I have a uh, author that's joining me today, and her name is Amy Julia Becker. Uh, I became familiar with her work uh, last year, and I she has a podcast, and I have been making my way through her books and just finished um, an advanced reader's copy of one uh, that's coming out next month, right, Amy Julia? Yeah, March 15th. That's awesome. It was so good. Um, and I, I told her I wrote down my my five practical tips um, that I gleaned from the book. But uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from her. And so, um, yeah, I think the first time I heard about you, Amy Julia, was on the Typology podcast. And I was, I, I love, like, our personalities are similar. And so just listening to that one, I thought, oh, I should read some of her books. And then I started, I think it was uh, The White Picket Fences mm-hmm. that I read first. And uh, I just, it really resonated with me because um, I'm half Hispanic. And it's it was funny because like looking back on some of the chapters and things you said about like reading childhood books like that was one of the things that I was like I never had anybody that looked like me when I was reading those books and I thought I've got to I've got to look now and of course now there are things but it just kind of struck me as like and I remember feeling that a couple of times as a kid but not not ever like really diving into that so anyway your stuff resonates with me and um yeah I'm just you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and this uh, this journey of writing that you've been on um, on that side of things? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I'm oh, yeah. Thank here. you. And um, yeah, so I am a writer and a speaker and a teacher. I live in Western Connecticut in a little town with our my husband and our three children. And really so much of my writing comes out of two strands in my life. One is just personal experience, whether that, you know, family or what I'm thinking about or observing in the world. And then the other is a faith component, just um, thinking through the lens of an experience of God, of the Bible and of Jesus, hopefully that is um, welcoming and inviting to people who are like me. They're asking questions. They're interested in spirituality. They want to know what matters in life. Um, but kind of weaving together that personal story and personal faith. Um, Mm. I have a daughter who's 16 named Penny who has Down syndrome. And so I now came out in 2011. So a long time ago about, (laughs) um, it's called a good and perfect gift. And that's about what it took for us to receive her as the gift. And then I wrote a book called Small Talk, which is kind of a parenting memoir and about the ways in which I um, was trying to hold it all together as a mom of young children pretty much fell apart and then um, felt that God was able to put me back together in a new way through that experience of having kids. And then, Mm. as you mentioned, I wrote a book called White Picket Fences that came out in 2018, which is about my experience as a white woman, educated, affluent, like stable family, reckoning with this idea of privilege in our culture Mm -hmm. and wondering whether there's a way 
to experience um, and understand myself as a person of privilege and respond to that with hope and as a person who can participate in healing um, and not just, uh, I think we see a lot of anger or despair or um, denial or cynicism, you know, when right. it comes to topics. So really wanting to, you know, again, ask myself those questions, but invite readers into those um, questions with me. And then, yeah, I've book um, to be made well and it comes out in a couple of weeks and is about healing so um, it's about personal healing like what does it mean for us in our bodies our minds and our spirits to be made well but it's also about social healing what does it mean for us to participate in a larger work of healing and that one is looking at a story from the bible as you know because you've read the book but for right. your listeners you know um uh, where Jesus encounters both a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years and a man whose daughter is very sick and dying. And so it kind of uses that story as a way to talk about healing, again, both from my own perspective, but also from like a biblical perspective to ask, what do we, you know, what have we lost in 2000 years of, um, you know, away apart from Jesus and right. thinking in Western medical terms, and also what do we have to gain from going back to those stories and thinking about our lives with um, with these stories in mind. That's wonderful. I am looking forward to reading Small Talk. I have it downloaded, but I haven't finished that one yet. <laughs> um, but I, I loved this one, and I just finished it, I think it was Saturday um, that I finished, and you know, it, it resonated with me, just one of the things, um, and for our listeners, like you guys know that we, we try to, I try to have like five points. So I wrote down five things and, uh, and Amy, Julia can definitely expound on this since <laughs> you wrote the book and worked through all of these things. Um, and one of like, when I first started reading it, one of the things that really just stuck out to me was just that holistic view of healing mm -hmm. because I was, I was raised personally, like, um, pretty conservative Baptist background okay. and so we you know we weren't um, opposed to hearing some of the different views out there but it was very centralized on the the Baptist background that we right. had and then um, I went to an Assemblies of God University for undergraduate work and so there's just a different perspective that comes yeah. through on that side of things but when I was really young um, it I feel so bad for my mom now because it took two years but they the doctors diagnosed me with asthma after two years of going to the doctor and mm having asthma attacks and just my mom feeling just completely helpless knowing yeah. that you know she's having a hard time breathing I don't know and it, you know I'm it, it was at a time like in the early 80s where you just it wasn't as common I guess yeah. or yeah. stuff wasn't quite as well known as it is now about that so I've had people come up to me kind of like you referenced a few times in the book about people like coming up and just wanting to heal you and trying to say well you know it obviously is a spiritual thing like that's why mm -hmm. and I was like I was two when I had that and yeah. so you know there's there's a lot wrapped up into that and then not discounting the fact that you know God does and can like you know you live long enough and you hear of people 
getting through things. Um, and we just had a, my husband had a coworker that just has, has been responding very well to some treatments and different things. And it's just, I don't know. I, I really liked your perspective of this idea of mind, body, and soul, but also, I guess, uh, working through the, the hard things that people say sometimes. <laughs> and it's just that honesty that comes through. Well, thank you. I certainly wrestled in writing the book because it, healing can seem so simplistic. And that can be uh-huh. true for like reading a Bible story, right? Where it's like, if you are sick, you go to Jesus and he heals you and you're done. Right. Like that's right. how it goes. <laughs> and, you know, and kind of, I mean, I think in our Western world, it can seem like Jesus was just the same as a doctor. And now we have antibiotics and we have surgery and we have, you know, asthma inhalers and we're all set. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And yet we also know, I mean, any doctor today would say that even when it comes to a bacterial infection or, you know, I was talking with a woman the other day who's like, well, I broke my leg. But the reason I broke my leg is because I was so tired that I stumbled down the stairs you know so it's really interesting even the way we narrate our physical situation often has more to it than just our um physical bodies right there's a stress component or there's an outside environmental you know experience like with asthma obviously there's some people are more prone to asthma than others but it often comes from like environmental pollutants which have nothing to do with (laughs) a two-year-old who can't breathe right right um, so I think it's so important for us to like actually try to understand this interconnected self as a mind, body, and spirit, and also the ways that, of course, healing is not just about our bodies. It is not not about our about our whole person. And so trying to wrestle with that, um, mm-hmm. honestly, but also you know, say that healing is still possible. It's not always obvious how it's going to happen or even why we're feeling the pain or sickness that we are. Right. And I like how, you know, even in, in viewing those things and, and just again, from my personal experience with asthma, I know that stress has not caused that. Like I said, I was two, I had a happy childhood. Yeah. It wasn't that, but I do know that when I am stressed, my symptoms get worse. And, you know, that's something that I I think you're absolutely right. Um, I had a talk with a friend. um, She has an autoimmune uh, issue that she's trying to desperately work through and the doctors haven't been able to diagnose it yet. And she talked about embracing some of those things, just the difference between our Western mindset and the Eastern mindset. And how do you find balance with that and the spiritual side of things? So it was just... um, that really resonated that first, you know, I think the first thing that I really resonated with in in your book was just that honest story of, we don't have all the answers, but here are some things to consider. And I guess debunking some of the myths that we might've grown up with. Um, So I really appreciate that. And, and then, you know, you had your own health journey that you walked through on that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the stories that I tell in the book and there have been other stories just in my life where it was similar to you talking about the asthma, where there are some um, kind of root problems that, you know, happen in my body. And then figuring out that actually, like I had a as an eating disorder, but I also had a paralyzed stomach in high school. Um, And then similarly, I had some 
pretty significant back pain as a young mom. And in both cases, starting to recognize the interaction between body, mind, and spirit was what ultimately, and in, you know, uh, in both cases, but especially with my stomach was like a long, I mean, many years process, but still was a process of healing. And I think uh, for so many of us, it is trying to start to ask those questions and make those connections and really ask whether God has something to teach us or, um, show us about what's going on when there is pain uh or hurt you know in our bodies like what what might what else might that lead us into in conversation mm-hmm. with god yeah absolutely and my husband says this like he had a, a very um I, I guess the best word to describe it is troubled childhood mm-hmm. um and he tells people when he's sharing with them like he doesn't wish any of those on anyone Mm -hmm. and he doesn't think that God just said okay today zap I'm gonna give this to you today because I'm gonna see how you can handle it but he said it did give him the empathy to be able to talk to other people in similar journeys and he was like I don't wish this on anybody you don't ever wish or well we shouldn't wish pain on anybody but you know just it does give that level of empathy and then um you know, I remember I, I was hospitalized uh, four different times as a child with mm-hmm. asthma attacks and pneumonia. And just being able to, like, my mom, like, watching her as she interacted with the nurses and the doctors and just being a living example of what she said she believed, even in the midst of fear of, I don't know what's going to happen to my daughter today. Because there were a couple of times that it was it was scary. Um, so I, yeah. I appreciated that, like when you were talking about it doesn't it doesn't define your journey, but it gives you that ability to, I guess, just be more relatable um, to somebody and to help um, others yeah. through that journey. Yeah. So yeah, I I really appreciated that, um, and then. Um, this one was probably the most um, difficult thing to wrestle with in the book because Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine as a mom like I'm a mom to a three-year-old right now and I have not had too many of those mama bear moments (laughs) yet (laughs) but I know it's going to happen and so reading the story about you and your daughter and how someone was I think you said it was some church leaders wanting to pray for her but the way they said it it was like they were saying we pray for this evil thing to get essentially for her to come out of her get rid of it and I love how you explained that in the book because I think that that sometimes um as believers like we we want to pray for others but I don't know. I guess I've I've been in situations where there's been so much hyper spiritualness to it. That's not a word, yeah. but you know, something where you know it's I guess discounting. So you want to tell our listeners sure. the, uh, more eloquently of how you went through that with Penny. Yeah, absolutely. So this was when Penny was I don't know two or three years old, so really little. And um, some sweet, like kind-hearted, well-meaning prayer people in our church asked if they could pray for her. 
Um, it was actually Easter Sunday and we were in like the church fellowship hall and kind of over in a corner and they put their hands on her and I was grateful. Like, and she wasn't having any particular issue that I remember at the time, but we were in the doctor's office, you know, as with any two or three year old getting, right. she got, and you know, so it was not, there was nothing specific that I was knowing that I needed prayer for, for her, but still happy to receive it. But the way they prayed was they said, um, God, we want, we pray that you would rid her of this evil down syndrome. Mm. And I thought, Oh my gosh, like down syndrome is literally in every cell of my daughter's body. Like it mm -hmm. is how she was made. And that said, it can lead to some things that are really negative in her body. So we can pray that those would be taken away. But right. if we pray in the sense that like the down syndrome needs to be taken away, that's like taking her away. And mm -hmm. no, 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 <laughs> don't take right. her away. Um, and yet I really did not have any way to express that at the moment. I just felt really uncomfortable and, you know, said thank you and walked away. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know wow. how to deal with it. Um, but I do think that what it leads to is a couple of things. Like one, making sure that when we are praying for people, um, we're praying in ways that for what they are actually asking for. Like Jesus frequently says, what do you want me to do for you? How do you want you? And I think about like my friend Catherine who um, had a stroke and she's also comes up in to be made well a couple of times and she uses a wheelchair and has paralysis on um, one side of her body and so people will often come up and just assume they know exactly what to pray for and she's like no no could you actually pray for me because my husband and I are having a fight right now right. <laughs> I am gossiping all the time and I really need to you know just that assumption she's like my body's doing great I've got a wheelchair to help me get around I am able to, you know I'm so grateful essentially in her case surgeons had to wound her brain in order to save her life and she's like that's fabulous <laughs> all good right um, yeah so I think that sense of like understanding who and what we're praying for instead of assuming we know just by seeing someone is really important especially going back to what your husband um, has experienced of like what does it mean to enter into someone else's pain and to have right. empathy part of that is understanding what they're actually going through not what you think they might be going through right yeah and like my my mom told me this a couple of months ago even she was like i i don't pray for my asthma to go away every day like mm -hmm. i just don't it doesn't i got i i was hospitalized four times as a preteen and then it i started doing different things to help manage it and maintain it and yeah. i just haven't had the um issues that I've had. No, I'm not saying that's never happened because like two times a year, we live in Texas and it's windy. Like like uh, on the first of the year, we started the day out at 76 degrees and by the evening it was 27 degrees. Oh my God. Um, it, and it's windy here. So it's like, I have problems still. But I remember my mom was asking or telling me the other day, she was like, I still pray for you every day that it you know doesn't get bad and that God will take it away. And I'm like, oh, well, I was like, well, thank you. I kind of forget about that because yeah. I'm more concerned about all these other things. And I told her, I said, actually, that's not my main worry right now. So if you can <laughs> pray for these things, you can just kind of reprioritize your list. And she starts laughing at me because she's, the list making thing is, is uh, I have a list for everything. And um, Oh, I'm with yeah. you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> and she was like, well, I, I guess I can rearrange it in my mind. And I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that sometimes I even forget about because it's been part of my life for so long. Mm -hmm. And 
there's also that feeling of, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. And there's people that are dealing with a lot worse things than I'm dealing with, with the asthma. But I also know that you don't want to discount that, um, for someone because just because somebody else's health problem or pain is, you know, you don't want, Jesus didn't minimize people of saying, oh, well, this thing isn't as bad. So I'm going to take care of this person. I think he was relatable and always, and we need to try to do that too. But it is, I think it is something that takes that experience of having something like that happen and then realizing uh, like, like your friend, you said her name's Catherine, right? Yeah. Um, Like that side of things of, oh yeah, I need, I need you to pray for me and my husband or me gossiping or something like that's, that's a more um, prevalent issue right now. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciated that. Um, and then like on the, on the big picture side of things, um, I love the example of like the Japanese art, uh, that example that you wrote about having brokenness and beauty together. And yeah, you want to share a little bit about that? that Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a um, Japanese art form. It's very ancient called Kintsugi. And what it arose from is um, having like a Japanese tea ceremony and an earthquake and um, pressure, you know, that they were using would fall to the floor and shatter. And they began, there's a kind of a long history of this, but instead of just discarding these broken uh, teacups or, you know, teapots or plates or whatever it was, um, and instead of just gluing them together and trying to make them look like they originally looked, they began a process over time, developed a process of gluing them back together with um, a, melt, a form of melted gold plus glue. And so what you see now is that this was once something that was broken and it's been pieced back together see the gold where all the different breaks were and the gold actually makes it more beautiful so the brokenness and then the piecing back together brings something even more beautiful than there was originally and um, makoto fujimura is a christian japanese american artist <laughs> um, and he is the person who has written that I've read who's written really extensively about Kintsugi and uh, we actually got to talk about it on my podcast a while ago and he says you know he really thinks of Jesus's resurrection as very similar to Kintsugi where his body was broken and then was healed but we can still see you know when Jesus is resurrected he says look at my hands and my feet look at my side there they've been healed but they're still visible and I think about whether it's you know again the example of your husband with his childhood or you with your asthma or me with an eating disorder or any of these wrongs from our past that they're not invisible they've not been forgotten they've not been erased and yet they have been healed and so what that means is that we can actually bring more healing into the world and there's something really beautiful about them because they haven't been um yeah taken away altogether they've just been made well they've been uh by god in such a way that we can actually bring more healing out of them so i just love that image i thought that was so beautiful yeah isn't it you can google kintsugi and see you know different pieces of pottery um and they're they're really beautiful they are (laughs) you know it's funny because i've seen some of that before but i didn't really I didn't look at the story behind it and mm-hmm. um yeah that just it's it's such a beautiful example and you know just that visual of being able to 
present to someone and show. I think it's I think it's gorgeous. Um, it's so fun. Oh goodness. And then um, like one of the the final things, the fifth point, and I'll reiterate some of these for our listeners here in a minute. Yeah. But I love that the thing that stuck out to me um, was just that healing happens when love goes deeper than the wound. That's, mm-hmm. that's a direct quote from what you <laughs> were talking about as you're kind of wrapping things up in the book. And again, just that, I guess that perspective, I've been reading a lot of books on not suppressing emotions um Mm -hmm. I'm a type one and I love it when things are perfect (laughs) (laughs) and I try very hard to make sure things are foolproof and perfect and I have a business degree and Mm -hmm. I like things very checklist mentality and calculated and process driven and that's great um and like even recording this podcast I started it about a year ago I am not a good speaker and I was like I don't want to have that hinder me my perfectionism hinder me from Mm. doing something that I feel like God's calling me to do um so I'm trying to read things about pushing out of the comfort zone and not letting what you would term as a negative feeling have all of the negative baggage with it I guess recognizing it for what it is but then um I don't know, appreciating some of those things and saying, oh, like, I, I, I was talking with a friend about this the other day, just that idea of, you know, if you don't want your kid to burn themselves on the stove, but you realize, like, if they didn't feel that sensation, they might not, they, they might hurt themselves. And right. I don't know, just right. kind of working through a, a softer approach on it. <laughs> so that's kind of where I am on on that. And so when you were saying that, that that healing happens when love goes deeper than the wound. It just resonated with me. Like, how do we, how do we like live that out in our lives and incorporate that with ourselves and with others? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I do think that's a powerful truth that actually a yoga teacher first said to me that happens when love goes deeper than the wound, because I was kind of like, done with this healing business it's taking so much time and it's not perfect it's very messy to your point uh-huh. about ones who want it all to just you know be neat and tidy uh-huh. um but when she said that there was like and yes i want the love i want the love that goes deeper than the wound and i believe that that is possible um, um i do think there are ways that we can and are invited to participate in that type of healing. My sense from um, reading not just these stories from Mark 5 that I mentioned in the book, but lots of the healing stories in the Gospels is that um, invited to recognize our need, you know, our need for healing, our need for help, and then ask for help, actually, you know, whether that's approaching God or approaching other people and asking for help. And then there's um, some measure of participating in healing. And that I think can take the form of practices of actually like literally sitting and imagining yourself in the love of God, like imagining the love going deeper than the wound. Um, But I also think it can uh, happen in bringing love out into the world, participating in healing activity in the lives of others actually can be a healing process for ourselves. Because I think as we start to see like, wait a second, 
how do I feel towards this person who does not have it all together and mm-hmm. is not always kind and is not always polished or, you know, has their to-do list in line or whatever. Mm-hmm. Gosh, if I can go- then just imagine how God feels towards me. You know, I mean, there's just a way in which when we bring healing love into the world, we can receive God's healing love for ourselves as well. And then obviously, again, we can receive it from other people. We can allow other people to care for us. And that's, I think, a part of allowing love to go deeper than the wound. So there are lots of different ways that we can, I think, participate in healing. Those are just a couple that come to mind. Um, But I do think it's an invitation that we have that's both personal and communal um, that goes you know kind of inward and outward um in in different ways um i love that um and that's something that um in reading your book the white picket fences and reading some Mm -hmm. other things i've started just um another awareness journey on on that community side of things Mm -hmm. as well um so yeah I, I really appreciate that it's a lot to think about and, and I love books that make me think and then you know give give some hope because I, I think you've said this on your podcast a few times um and I, I call it the ripple effect here like I think we can get so bogged down sometimes in all of the stuff going on that it can leave you feeling very overwhelmed and helpless sometimes Mm -hmm. and i think that your book um both of your books that i've read have ended on that note of the idea of you know what can we do today to make our relationships better in our lives you know have that light and then you know maybe if others see that then it will continue and continue and continue that way because that's the only way real effective change happens and I think that that's to me that's very hopeful um and I tell my husband this all the time I'm like even if if a story or you know a writing or anything changes the life of one person you've made a difference in your world um so I I really appreciated just the the hopeful note that you end on um in this book so uh I'm so looking forward to having your release date um you said March 15th right that's right yeah and uh I mean people can find that anywhere they buy books and (laughs) yes it should be widely available um and I also think one nice thing about having my funny double name is that nobody else has it so amyjuliabecker.com has um an excerpt if anybody wants to read the introduction it's right there on oh awesome yes absolutely and I'll link to that here um when we publish this um because yeah I think that that's something that again people need especially I've seen this more and more right now people need to have those um hopeful messages but I also like the practicality that you give in there um of just here's some things that we can do and be aware of and you know as it as it all wraps up just that idea of loving loving God and loving yourself and loving others and that's Mm -hmm. I think the gist of it so yeah yeah well I so appreciate you being on here today and um yeah I hope that things go well and I will um link to your podcast and your new book so that our listeners can find you and uh, yeah I just I really appreciate you taking your time to share about this and share your stories 
Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be with you. Thank you so much. All right, listeners. Well, keep thinking and uh, just continue growing and loving in your journey. Bye.